My name is Dr. Austin Tay and you are listening to Psych Chat. Hi there, my name is Dr. Austin Tay and welcome to Psych Chat. I'm a UK-trained and Asian-based organizational psychologist. I'm also the founder of OmniSide Consulting, where we specialize in executive coaching, leadership assessment and development, career transitioning and workplace intervention. I have a special interest in workplace bullying and use acceptance and commitment therapy in the work I do with individuals and organizations. For more information about the services I provide, please check out my website, www.omnisci.com. Apart from this podcast, I also have a blog where I share my thoughts as an organization psychologist. You can also check me out at www.dr.austintay.com. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. You can check out our first episode on goal setting. In episode 2, where I started the first episode of the Workplace Bullying series, I shared the reasons why I want to talk about workplace bullying and what workplace bullying is. Welcome to episode 3 of Side Chat. In today's podcast, I will continue to discuss workplace bullying. The focus today will be on the antecedents and causes of workplace bullying. So what are the antecedents and causes of workplace? Could it be individuals or organizational factors? Some researchers believe that individual factors are antecedents of bullying, while others believe that Organizational factors perpetuate workplace bullying. Let us now look at some of the organizational factors. Some researchers believe that individuals are not responsible for the bullying they experience. Instead, they suggest that deficiencies in work design, leadership behaviors, low departmental morale, and a victim's socially exposed position are the source of bullying. They also believe that poor conflict management and organizational issue can also result in bullying. A very recent example of this type of bullying is the case of France Telecom. On 20th December 2019, France's leading phone and internet provider Orange, formerly known as France Telecom, was found guilty of collective moral harassment relating to a string of employee suicides. This case is a landmark ruling against a major European telecommunication player. Orange had to pay around 3.5 million euros, approximately 3.8 million in dollars, in fines and damages to scores of families, employees, and others parties that were involved in the case over suicides and other problems that occur in the 2000s when the company was shedding thousands of jobs. The company's ex-CEO, Didier Lombard, 
was sentenced to four months in prison and ordered to pay 15,000 euros in fines. Among six other managers who were found guilty were Louis Père Wernes, the deputy CEO, and Olivier Barbaton, the director of human resources. All the managers were given short prison terms and made to pay thousands of euros in fines. The court said in his ruling, the methods used to reach 22,000 job cards were illegal. France is one of the only of a handful of countries in the world able to prosecute companies or employees for such abuses. Scores of employees killed themselves amid the restructuring. The trial focused on 39 cases between 2006 and 2009. 19 suicides, 12 suicide attempts, and 8 cases of severe depression. For two and a half months, the court listened to the families of the victims and projected letters and photos on a giant screen. One read, I am committing suicide because of my work at France Telecom. It's the only cause. Lombard, now 77, admitted in court that he made a blunder in 2006 when he said he wanted employees to leave by the door or by the window. He also admitted to once saying there was a fashion for suicide in the business. Lombard left his post in 2010 because of the overwhelming number of suicides in the workplace. To me, this case highlights an important issue. That is, all organizations have a duty of care to their employees. While I can appreciate organizational change, could be caused by factors that organizations do not have control, such as economic and social impacts, organizations and its executives still need to deal with the organizational change with tact and decency. I remembered towards the end of 2008, after the Lehman debacle hit Asia, the organization I worked for got rid of a whole division of employees. They were all marched to the conference room and told that they had been relieved of their duties. They were not allowed to go back to their desks to collect their things. Instead, all their belongings were handed over to them outside the entrance to the office. It was appalling to see how that organization treated its employees. You have been listening to Psych Chat. This podcast is brought to you by Omnicide Consulting. We are a team of psychologists with a wealth of experience in working with individuals, teams and organizations in the areas of coaching, executive selection, assessment and development, career transitioning and workplace intervention. Omnicide Consulting exists to solve the critical issues facing our clients, both large and small. Our approach is to tailor-make each service to meet the requirements of our clients. Our broad range of services and solutions help individuals and organizations to facilitate change, achieve their vision and optimize performance and productivity. For more information of our services, send us an email to enquiries at omnicide.com.
Another case worth a mention that epitomizes an organization's failure to deal with bullying is Harvest Press Limited versus McCarthy in 1999. In this case, an employee was unfairly dismissed by his employer because he left his place of work to avoid an abusive co-worker. The Employment Tribunal found the organization guilty of unfair dismissal of McCaffrey for the reason that he left his place of work in circumstances in which he reasonably believed there was a serious or imminent danger. Harvest Press Limited appealed to the Employment Appeal Tribunal to contest two issues. That the employee in question resigned because his request for his bully to be removed was not complied with and that the word danger in the act was limited to dangers relating to the workplace and not dangers caused by an action of a co-worker. The Employment Appeal Tribunal upheld the tribunal's decision and concluded there was no arguable point of law. Research has been done into how performance-enhancing compensation practices can cause workplace bullying. Performance-enhancing compensation practices that are intended to increase employee performance can inevitably increase workplace bullying. How so, you might ask? When individuals understand that they will be compensated based on their performance, they are likely to feel pressured. This can lead to undesirable behaviours. For example, employees who seek to maximize their potential pay will resort to using bullying tactics against others who are in competition with them. This type of action may increase their productivity, therefore they will be rewarded, while those who have been bullied and have lower productivity will not be rewarded for their performance. Let us now look at how individual factors can cause workplace bullying. Some researchers prefer to view bullying as an interplay between people as they believe that situational and personal factors alone are insufficient to explain the phenomenon. They believed that two types of situations can explain bullying. These are predatory bullying, this is where the victim is bullied because the perpetrator is exerting power on or exploiting the weakness of an accidental victim. And dispute-related bullying is when highly escalated interpersonal conflicts have occurred. Individuals who are found to have certain personalities such as introversion, unstable, and dependent on others are likely to be victims of workplace bullying. Individuals with low self-esteem have been found to be easy targets for bullies. Victimization can further reduce the self-esteem of individuals. 
And this means that bullied individuals may lack the courage to stand up against their bullies and may just accept their plight. This is called learned helplessness. There are examples of this in Asia. Workers in Japan and Korea are forced to work long hours and are poorly treated because both countries still remain hierarchical structures in the workplace. These result in high instances of workplace bullying and suicides. For years, those who were bullied in these countries were not able to seek any form of redress. Thankfully, Japan on May 29, 2019 and Korea on July 16, 2019 enacted legislation to tackle workplace bullying. Workplace bullying in Japan is known as Pawahara, and this means power harassment. And in Korea, it's known as Gapje. This refers to the arrogant and authoritarian attitude or actions of people who have positions of power over others. One of the well-known Gapje cases in Korea is known as Nutgate. This is the case of a former Korean air executive, Heather Cho, who happens to be the eldest daughter of Korean Air's chairman Cho Yang-ho. She ordered the plane to return to the gate to remove a flight attendant who served her nuts in a bag instead on a plate. PwC in Australia in 2017 had to settle a workplace bullying claim by paying 120000 to a former accountant who had suffered bullying when he worked for the organisation. Some of the bullying behaviours in this case included excessive workload, lack of supervision, unrealistic deadlines and mockery by colleagues for being a Tasmanian. In a case in the UK, Morosky v. Guy and St. Thomas, NHS Trust, 2006, the appeal court found that the employer was vicariously liable for the harassment and bullying of one employee by another. The respondent, Morosky, was an audit coordinator of the trust and had suffered 18 months of bullying by his line manager. The line manager was excessively critical of Morosky's timekeeping and work, isolated him by refusing to talk to him, treated him unfairly and differently from other staff, was rude and abusive towards him in front of others, and threatened him with disciplinary actions if he did not achieve the unrealistic goals he was set. In a case of Bickerstaff v. Butcher 2014, that was brought to the Northern Ireland Industrial Tribunal, the claimant, Mr. Bickerstaff, was found to have been harassed for his condition of morbid obesity, which was considered by the tribunal as a disability. The tribunal unanimously decided that the claimant 
was disabled within the meaning of the Disability Discrimination Act 1995, Clause 50, and that the bullying and harassment as a result of his disability constituted harassment by the respondent, Gerard Butcher. The claimant had been subjected to derogatory comments made to others about him such as so fat that he could hardly walk and so fat that he could hardly feel a knife being stuck to him. Abusive language had also been used such as fat cunt and fat bastard. The claimant had been subjected to this vile behaviour by the respondent on a daily basis and over a prolonged period. And this had so affected him psychologically that it resulted in his sickness absence. Research has also found that individuals can be victims of workplace bullying because of their sexual orientation. A national study done in the UK in 2014 about the ups and downs of LGBTs' workplace experiences found that LGBTs were more than twice likely to be bullied and discriminated against than heterosexual employees. One in five bisexuals reported the highest levels of bullying with a third reporting regular bullying. One in six lesbians reported bullying at work with approximately a third reporting regular bullying. Gay men reported more than double the levels of bullying as compared to heterosexuals. LGBTs, particularly lesbians and bisexuals, are one and a half times more likely to experience a range of negative acts compared to heterosexuals. In some cases, LGBTs were nearly three times more likely to encounter negative acts compared to heterosexuals. These included people avoiding physical contact at work, experiencing unwanted physical contact, example, touching, grabbing, or groping, being confronted with unwanted jokes or remarks which had a sexual undertone. The negative behaviours LGBs found most difficult to deal with included being asked intrusive or pushy questions about their personal or private life, receiving intimidating emails, text messages or photos from people they worked with being excluded from social activities with colleagues at work. The report also showed that LGBs reported significantly higher levels of poor health, and this was highest for lesbians and bisexuals. Bullying and exposure to negative acts also revealed high correlations with negative health outcomes.
you have now heard what I've shared about the antecedents and causes of workplace bullying. My advice to the organisations are you can start to discourage workplace bullying through your organisational structures and work designs. It is time to re-evaluate your practices and work policies. Do not shirk your responsibilities when it comes to workplace bullying. Be accountable. As for individuals, do not let fear stop you from standing up against workplace bullying. This applies to both bullied individuals and weaknesses of workplace bullying. Seek help from others either within or outside the organisation. I firmly believe that organisations need to start to take workplace bullying seriously. Do not adopt a wait-and-see approach. Be proactive and address the workplace bullying head-on. As someone who has experienced workplace bullying, let me share with you what I did to get myself out of the situation. I did not indulge in self-blame. I know that I did not put myself in that situation. I did not avoid or try to make light of the situation. When I realized that I have been affected physically and psychologically, I know that the bullying has to stop. I raised it up with my line manager, however, that did not get anywhere. I eventually left the organization. Today, I have shared with you my views about the antecedents and causes of workplace bullying. I hope that you have found the information I have shared useful. If you feel that you are a victim of workplace bullying, do not suffer in silence. You need to speak to someone about it. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast, Psych Chat. If you have any comments or suggestions, please send them via email to psychchat at omnisci.com or tweet to at psych underscore chat. This podcast is brought to you by Omnisci Consulting. You have been listening to Psych Chat. This podcast is brought to you by Omnisci Consulting. We are a team of psychologists with a wealth of experience in working with individuals, teams and organisations in the areas of coaching, executive selection, assessment and development, career transitioning and workplace intervention. Omnisci Consulting exists to solve the critical issues facing our clients, both large and small. Our approach is to tailor-make each service to meet the requirements of our clients. Our broad range of services and solutions help individuals and organizations to facilitate change, achieve their vision, and optimize performance and productivity. For more information of our services, send us an email to inquiries at omnisci.com.